Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Thinking Christian Podcast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you're along. I'm glad you're along for this ride. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. My name is Dane Kramer, and this is the Thinking Christian Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Dane Kramer. (laughs) It kind of makes it sound like the show is sponsored when I say that, you know. I guess it is sponsored by me. And I'm glad that you are here. If you'd like to know more, more about me or the podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us. That's thethinkingchristian, one word, .us. There you'll be directed my, to my website. There you'll get a chance to take a look at the uh, resources that I have there. Anything you want to you know, browse around and, and look at, feel free to. Plus, you'll be able to interact with me on these podcasts. Just go to the podcast page and pick out the podcast that you hate the most. And there should be a comment place there. You can leave your comments. Keep it clean, if you would, please. I do reserve the right to delete uh, any kind of uh, you know profane um, comments, those kinds of things. But uh, but hey, if you, if you don't like what I had to have to say, then just say I don't like what you have to say. Or or you know what? Maybe you have a different opinion that would help me uh, more clearly understand something. Maybe there's a, something that I hadn't taken into consideration in one of my talks, and you'd like to bring it to my attention. If that's the case, then we will all be better because you've done that. Because really, what I want to do is discover the truth truth. I really want to know what is true, irregardless of the cost. Even if I have to come back here and say, I was wrong, I will gladly do that. So so don't hesitate to leave a comment on the podcast show. All right, let's get started. Uh, Today's episode is, so what's up with church membership? You might be thinking to yourself, what's up with that? I mean, what's up with that title? What do you What do you mean? All right, I know there are some of you who are going to listen to this podcast and say, oh, come on, Dane. You know, you're just being too picky. You're being over overly critical of something that just doesn't need criticism or something like that. And, and I get that because I was like that myself at one time. There was one time where if I heard someone talk about this, I probably would have just kind of blown it off as being sort of just nonsense. But it's not nonsense to me. It's something that I think is is worth thinking about. At the very least, it's worth thinking about. And you're allowed to disagree with me, but I'm just going to share you my thoughts on this. So yeah, what's up with church membership? Let me first say that the reason why I'm talking about this is it's the idea has come up a few times uh, recently, um, and it does uh, come up to me in form of a question from time to time. People will ask the question uh, about this topic, so you know what? Let me let me talk about it on a podcast, and so that's why we're here. Now, let me begin with a story. Um, I explained earlier in one of my other previous podcasts that I was a pastor for eleven years. I was a pastor at a major denomination, and. Um, I remember going over the rule books one time, the membership books, and coming across a man's name. I knew him, but I'd never seen him in church. I think I'd seen him at funerals. You know, somebody died in the family, he would show up. And what little I knew about him, as much as I could tell about him or anybody, I didn't get the sense that he was a Christian. I mean... You know, just kind of just the way what I'd heard about him and, and what I knew about him. I, there was nothing about him to make me believe that he was a follower of Jesus. And yet his name was on my church membership. And I couldn't figure out why. So I asked around, and eventually I was told that some previous pastor at one point had been approached by this man. And this man said, hey, I'd like you to baptize my baby. 
which incidentally will be a nice topic to talk about sometime. But he said, I'd like you to baptize my baby. And the, and the previous pastor said, well, sure, but someone's got to join the church for that to happen. And I guess he chose the short straw or he lost the bet or whatever the case may be, and he had to join the church. So he was a member of that church, which by the rules of the denomination made him a member of that denomination. And yet, as far as I could tell, he didn't love the Lord. He wasn't following Jesus. And yet he was a member of a church. And I think that incident kind of stuck with me. And it was some time later that I really began to think about it a little bit. How this man, who, as far as I knew, wasn't a follower of Jesus, yet he was a member of the church. Um, and so that's why I want to talk about this today, because I think, I think it's sort of an interesting topic. And again, you don't have to agree with me, but uh, just hear me out. Now, when I say a member, I need to use the proper definition, because the Bible does talk about being a member. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says that we are members of Christ's body. So all of us um, who follow Jesus Christ, who are his disciples, all of us who are, who are followers of Jesus are members of Christ's body. So we do have a membership, okay? But that's not really what I want to talk about today. The membership that I'm referring to is the membership that a lot of churches, not all, but a lot of churches require or promote. Um, and basically what it means, if you become a member of that particular local church, your name goes on to some sort of register or rule book or something like that, and that you will get some sort of special privileges because you're a member. And that's the membership that I want to talk about. Now, any given Sunday, let's say you walk into a church and it's filled with people. I would say it's probably safe to assume that in that church there are people who are members of that church. Okay, people who have whose name are on some register roster somewhere. And there are people who are not members of that church. Maybe they're a member of another church. They're only visiting on vacation. Or maybe they're just not a member of any church, but they're there. So probably on any given church, at your church this Sunday when you walk in, you might think about this. This church, you can say to yourself, is full of people who are members and non-members. Now, it's completely possible that that same church that we're supposing here, it's completely possible that everyone in that church, 100% of the people, are all members of Christ's body. Okay, They're, They all belong to Christ, but some are members of the local church and some are not members of the local church. Now, I alluded earlier to privileges. Um, you know, recently I went into Van Heusen's outlet store to get some pants and the guy said hey would you like to be a Van Heusen member it's like oh yeah of course where do I sign up so I gave my email address and my phone number and bang I am a Van Heusen member he said you know what and the next time you come in you'll get 10% off your entire purchase sure enough the next time I came walking in I said I am a Van Heusen member I get my 10% off, and sure enough, they gave it to me. You know, that's sort of the special privileges that comes with being a Van Heusen member, or whatever they call it, I don't know. Uh, but churches offer membership, and with membership in their local church come with certain privileges, privileges that they don't offer to non-members, and, and, and that's kind of distinct. For example, 
some churches, if you're a member, they'll allow you to be a leader in that church. For example, you might be able to sit on the council or the board of elders or you know whatever they call the, the leaders who, who lead the church. But if you're not a member, you can't sit on that council or that you know, board or whatever, uh, that group of elders. Uh, in some churches, if you're a member, you have voting rights. So that if the church needs to pick the color of the carpet, hey, we don't know whether we're going to get red or green or shag white in our, our, our church. We're going to take a vote on it. They'll say, but only members can vote. That privilege is, is reserved only for those who are members of this church. And so a lot of churches kind of do that. They offer perks. <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic here. They'll offer, they'll, they'll offer certain things that, uh, or uh, privileges that members only can participate in. And you might think, well, so what? What's wrong with that? Just be a member if you want to vote. And I, yeah, exactly. I agree. If you, if voting for the shag carpet is really important to you and you want to make sure your vote gets heard and the only thing that stands between you and that vote is getting to be a member and you feel led to get to be a member, then go be a member. I, you know, so what? I, that's not a problem because the Bible doesn't forbid it. The Bible doesn't say you can't be a member of a local church. Um, it doesn't say you have to be either. It doesn't require that you become a member in, in that sense where your name is written down and you're given privileges. It doesn't require Require you to be a member, uh, I, so I suppose you can be one if you want to be one. But what I want to point out to you is, well, the oddity of the whole thing. Remember, I, I, I talked to you about this man who, who I, whose name I discovered on my church roll. If that church were voting on something and he happened, you know, this was that one or two Sundays in the decade that he shows up for church, he could have every right to vote. Why? Because his name's on the list. But let's say there was a person there who attends week after week after week and they're active in this and that and they're giving money and they're praying for the church. You can't let them vote. No, I'm sorry. You're not a member Therefore, you can't vote. So it's kind of odd. Um, and what's more than that is, like I said earlier, some churches won't even allow you to lead. You know, you can't teach Sunday school, some would say, because you're not a member. Now imagine that. Let's say God has blessed you with the gifts, the talent, the ability to teach. And you go to the pastor and say, hey, I am a good teacher. And the pastor says, you know what, I agree. I think you're a fantastic teacher. And you say, well, can I teach? Well, I'm sorry, you're not a member. So even though the Holy Spirit himself has blessed you with certain talents, that church just can't use you until you become a member of that church. Do you start to see, well, the oddity of it, like I am a little bit? Now, I, you know, I'm maybe being a little facetious in the way I'm describing it, but it's not far off. I mean, there are churches that you can't get within 10 feet of that pulpit unless you're a member. And that's kind of strange because what if God has blessed you with the ability to serve, yet hasn't convicted you to become a member? What do you do then? And to take it one step further, a lot of churches will require you to take some sort of pledge or oath um, as you join the church. 
I know that because I was a pastor and I did accept members into my church. And you would stand up and you would say something, will you support this church with your tithes and your presence and your prayers and something like that? And they will say, we will or I will. Well, you've, you've actually made a promise. You've, you've made some sort of pledge to that church. What happens if you can't keep that pledge? What if some Sunday you decide to take the money that you typically give to that church, but there's a poor family down the street that you decide to give it to them? Have you broken your promise? Does God care if we break our promises? I think He does. So why would we require people to make promises that they might not be able to keep when the Bible, the Bible doesn't tell us that we have to have people in our church make these kinds of promises. The only vows that I can see a Christian actually making in the entire New Testament is making a vow or a pledge to Jesus Christ. That certainly is not just permitted, but it's encouraged. And Christians are allowed to take a vow in marriage. We're allowed to pledge ourselves to our spouses. But other than that, I don't see any good reason why we would take a pledge, especially to a church and a system that isn't required by Scripture. All right, now I know what pastors commonly say. I was a pastor, so I know this, okay? They'll say, well, becoming a member, sure, it's not required by Scripture, but our membership lists help us as pastors know the people who who can count on, or the people that are, are, are really serious about their faith and want to take it to the next level. Okay, that's a joke. Seriously. Um, And I say this as a previous pastor, that there are lots of names on the membership list who I could not count on, who disappeared once they joined the church, who I never saw but funerals and Christmas and Easter. You know, I mean, these are not a, a bunch of people that I could count on. I could look out from the pulpit and see and know the people that I could count on, know the people who are serious about the faith. I didn't need a list of names to tell me who was serious. And quite honestly, that list of names was filled with a lot of people who weren't serious. Now, some other pastors say, well, you know, this is a good way to be accountable. You know, you you join the church and you become accountable to the church and we can hold you accountable. And and it's a good way of of doing that in your Christian walk. Well, I, I suppose you could. But just because you're not a member doesn't mean that you're not accountable. I mean, if I'm going to a church and, you know, I, I participate there and I'm, you know, frequent in the church, but I'm not a member and the church sees me caught in some sort of sin, I pray to God that they come to me and say, hey, Dane, we've noticed this about your life. You're living in sin. You know, and I'm not going to say, hey, you can't say that to me because I'm not a member. And, and, and I hopefully they would say, hey, we can't say that to him. He's not a member. Oh, that would be crazy. I mean, that is just insane. So that, that excuse, the accountability excuse, really just doesn't hold up. And it's, it's kind of superficial, if you ask me. So why, why do we do memberships? Well, I suppose there's a myriad of reasons. Um, some of them probably aren't really good ones. For example, in some churches, and not every church, and not every pastor, certainly, but there are some churches, those numbers are important. I mean, you gotta you got to show that you're growing, and what better way to do it than to watch that list just grow and grow and grow. You know, when I was a pastor, um, I, a few years before I stepped out of it, I came to this conclusion that I, I didn't care about membership. And 
I never talked about it. I wasn't interested in driving that that list uh, longer and adding names to it. Now, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, I'd like to be a member of this church," absolutely, yeah, you can. If that's the way God is leading you, then we'll we'll take your membership. But I certainly didn't require it, and I didn't care about it to be honest with you. I suppose that made me a very poor candidate for continuing in that particular church because they saw things differently than me. But a lot of pastors. And churches look at that num that list of names um, and turn that into numbers, and now they can judge how well the church is growing by how many how many names are on that list. And again, that just strikes me as somewhat superficial, you know. Maybe some pastors like to sit around and say, "Well, you know, I took in four new members this week, and and last month I took in seven new members, and you know, it sounds very impressive. Like, wow, that church is happening. That church is growing. I mean, it sounds a lot better than, oh, I haven't taken a member in in five years, you know. But I'm helping people grow in Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, that might sound kind of hollow to some people. So I think some of the reasons that we give for for wanting membership." just kind of fall short of impressing me, you know? And after a while, I just became unimpressed with church membership. What's interesting is, as I was nearing my end of tenure as a pastor, I, I started to reach some conclusions that were somewhat different than, than the church I was involved in. And one of those things was about church membership. Now, at the time, my wife was attending another church, and I started talking to the pastor there. He, he's no longer there now, but um, and I'm not going to name the church. I mean, it's the church I still go to. Some of you know what I'm talking about, but that's not important. Uh, there was a pastor there. And I started talking to him, and we, we had a lot of, lot of great talks um, about the way I was seeing things differently. And um, turns out, I thought I was crazy. I thought I was, you know, this Lone Ranger kind of guy who was just seeing things differently than everyone else. And I found out, no, that's the way he saw it, and that's the way a lot of people at his church saw it. And so I eventually became active at that church, and what was remarkable is the pastor meant it. Uh, he let me teach. Uh, he even let me preach from his pulpit, and I was not a member of the church. That's pretty remarkable. And there's a lot of people who wouldn't allow those kinds of things because your name isn't on some sort of list. Do you find that kind of odd? I mean, I do. Now, let me point out, I'm not dissing church membership. If you are not a member but feeling led to be a member, well then, let the Spirit lead you. Maybe the Spirit is leading you to become a member of that church. Or if you are a member of a church already, I don't make, well, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty about it. I mean, you know, if that's where God has called you, if that's what you decided to do, then continue to be a member. Continue to fill out your pledge or your oath you took. I mean, you don't want to break your promises, so do what you promised you would do. And there's nothing wrong with fulfilling promises, not at all. But for me, I've just kind of reached the conclusion that I don't feel like I need to be a member of any particular church. Um, I, I live in Somerset, Pennsylvania, so you could say I belong to the church in Somerset, just like Paul wrote to the church in Rome or the church in Corinth. Um, you know, And even the church in Rome, when he wrote his letter, the letter to the Romans, or we call Romans, and he wrote to the church in Rome, at the end of the letter, he addressed different pockets of churches, apparently meeting in some people's homes. And yet he, he saw all of these people as belonging to the church in Rome. So I see myself as belonging to the church in Somerset. I'm, I'm a part of the body of Jesus Christ that lives in Somerset, Pennsylvania. Why is that not good enough? 
You know, why is that not significant enough? And if God has blessed me with certain gifts and graces, do I need church membership to kind of affect those? I mean, it's almost like saying, well, Dane, we're glad you're in the body of Christ. Now, for the real step, join the church. (laughs) No one would ever say that. And I know, again, I'm being kind of facetious, but there's almost this attitude is that's the next step. Well, what about instead of joining the church, why don't you just become involved in the food pantry or the homeless shelter or throw yourself into some sort of service rather than just simply putting your name on the list? And like I said before, a lot of people who are on those lists, and, and, and think, and if you're a pastor, think about your own lists. There's probably a lot of people on there, they don't come anymore. You don't see them at all. Why would I want to join that group of people? You know? Why would I want to be, put my name in that list of people who can't be counted on? I'll just keep it off, thank you. I just don't see the need. You know, if I'm going to your church and you think, hey, Dane, you know, we could use you. You've got some talents that we could put to work. We see God working in your life. We'd really love to have you active here. Um, but we need you to become a member. I think my responsibility, well, then, if, if you really want me to be a member, why don't you make me a member? You know, why don't you just simply just, you know, say, hey, we claim now Dane is our member of our church. You know, just make me a member. What, what would be wrong with that? I have no objections. If someone wants to claim me as a member of their church, Go for it, you know. Go to your own council, your own pastors. Hey, I'd like Dane to become a member of our church. Uh, See what kind of answer you get. But that's not the way it's going to work. And that's not the way it does work. But it ought to, right? So what's up with church membership? You know, I'm just asking you to think. For me, I've reached the conclusion that I don't feel led or the need to be a member of any church because I'm a member of the body of Christ and in my opinion I think that is sufficient if someone says well then you can come here but you can't participate that just seems to me kind of sad and I think speaks more about their attitude than their understanding of what real church membership is because I am a member of Jesus Christ well, I hope this has made you think a little bit, and uh, feel free to uh, to leave a comment. Like I said, I won't argue with you. Um, just feel free to tell me where you know I've erred, and if you disagree, just you know, go to my website, and tell me why you disagreed, and um, we'll leave it at that. Something to think about because that's what we do on the Thinking Christian. This is Dane Kramer, and I'm signing off once more. Hope to see you next time.